0: Father, we've come into your presence today, Lord, to honor you, and we worship you today, Lord Jesus. We thank you for what you've done. We thank you for all that you're doing in our lives, and Lord, we thank you for your holy written word. We thank you, Lord, for providing that to us, Lord, for for explaining to us through your word, your nature, and all that you've given us, Lord God, all that you've done for us, and we're so grateful to you, Lord God. We're so thankful to you, Father, and we give you praise today. In Jesus' name we pray, amen, amen. You ready to get in the Word this morning? Amen. Hallelujah. Well, for me, it's another back to basics message. Is that all right? <laughs> but this time we're going, to talk, we're going to talk about healing, just the basic fundamentals of supernatural healing, of divine healing, healing from God, because God has the ability to provide that healing for our bodies and our and and our souls too, right our 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 mind, our will, our emotions now, if we 're saved, our spirit is saved, our spirit is perfect there 's no need to heal our spirit, but living in this world, we get ugly stuff on us sometimes, and so there's times that we need healing for our bodies there's times that we need healing for our mind, our will, and emotions too, especially our emotions sometimes but we 're going to talk about that today, so what this is not going to be, though, is it's not going to be just a few scriptures and then we're just going to have everybody come up and lay hands on you. We're not going to do that. This, we're really going to, this is a time of teaching. This is a time for us to build up our faith on the Word of God. How does faith come? Faith comes by hearing and hearing by what? The Word of God. That's right. Romans 10, 17, it makes it very clear. And so we're going to dig into the Word of God and we're going to understand the fact that God provided healing for us by what Jesus did on the cross, it belongs to us, and we're going to dig into that. So what's important, though, is, is, you know, as a body, and not just this church, but the body of Christ, you know, there's a lot of us, a lot of people that are, are dealing with sickness and disease, and, you know, a worldwide pandemic doesn't help much either, right? And we're dealing with that. We're thinking about that. It's on a, on the forefront of forefronts of our minds. And there's a lot of us that have dealt with uh, coronavirus. There's a lot of us that have dealt with uh, other sicknesses, diseases. And God's best is for us to understand and be able to receive healing from Him supernaturally. Everything with God is supernaturally. Isn't that right? Is, is supernatural. Isn't that right? Is that a safe statement to make? Everything with God is. Now, it may not be, uh, it may not be you know, amazing, you know, stars coming out of the sky and, and, and landing in front of our, our eyes or anything like that, but it's always supernatural. It may not be spectacular. That's the word I was looking for. But it's always supernatural. Everything from God is. And remember, too, you know, this has come up a lot. But we as individuals, as believers, and also as a church, we're called to be a light shining in the darkness. Isn't that right? And I'll be honest, I know, you know, those times when I'm fighting a cold or, or you know, or, or even worse, it's difficult for me to be a light shining in the darkness when I'm coughing and wheezing and all this kind of stuff. And it, it diminishes our witness a little bit, Right? Now, but, but the other thing is that being healthy, both in body and in, in, in soul, being healthy is a tremendous witness to those around us. And because as the world is going through sickness and disease and dealing with this and there's no hope except for whatever the doctors have, but the hope that we have is in God. So there again, we're we're lights shining in the darkness. We're lights shining in the darkness, and that really sticks out when everybody else is dealing with sickness and disease, and the body of Christ is healthy, and the and the body of Christ is going forward in strength. Now, what I do want the other thing I want to I want to preface this with is if you're here or you know somebody who's going through sickness or, or disease, what this is not. Is this is not judgment, and in fact, we're going to talk a little bit more about that because we all have issues that we that we deal with. All of us do, and with everything, whether it's visible or not to other people, we all can get in the Word more. We all can can draw to, uh, closer to God, and we can receive His victory. Even at, So if, 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 if you're here or you know somebody that's, that's going through sickness or disease or going through injury, just dealing with those kinds of things, this is a message of hope. Listen and let your faith be built up. Sit back, relax, and, and just soak in the Word of God. And, and, and the message to all of us is as we see believers, as we see others that, that are going through issues, we don't judge them. We pray, because the Bible says in James 5 that we pray for others and lift each other up. We do that, but we don't judge each other. We're going to hit that again because that's an important thing. But let me start by ju- just making a couple of statements and we'll go back and, and prove these things from scripture. First of all, God has provided healing supernatural healing for his people yeah how many can say amen to that just out of curiosity as we're getting started here how many have 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 experienced the healing power of god and you can say yeah god's healed me look at that that's 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 uh that's a large percentage of the people maybe even a majority here that's a lot of hands so so i'm preaching to the choir well praise god that's all right and that's good because we still need to you know just hearing these things again are important are these are important things Another statement is healing is part of Jesus' atoning work on the cross. So what He did on the cross, He died for our sins, but we're going to see, too, that He died for our sicknesses and diseases also. And we don't have to endure those things. Uh, the third statement is God is always able to heal, and it's always God's will to heal. What? You're thinking... What about my aunt Sally, who you know she seemed really close to God, but she wasn't healed. She had that disease her whole life. Our experiences, our experiences don't outweigh the Word of God, right? We don't form doctrine or our belief system based on what we've experienced. Even Aunt Sally, well, even I, or, or whoever. I don't mean to, to pick out a, a name out of the air, but but whoever. Uh, our doctrine, our belief system is based on the Word of God. Amen? All right. And in fact, so, I, the, well, the last statement is it's never God's will for us to be sick. Now, there are over a hundred scriptures in the Bible, and that surprises some people, over a hundred scriptures in the Bible that deal with healing. And so, we're not going to go over all of them, we'll be here all day. But we're gonna we're gonna just touch a few, and so I promise you, this is not going to be an exhaustive uh, inventory of all the scriptures of uh, on healing in the Word of God, because it really only takes a few to get it get it across. So you ready? All right, so let's start in Numbers twenty-one. Kind of an odd place to talk to talk about healing, but really it's not. There's a story from the Bible that we want to go through, and it's and it's in Numbers twenty-one. Uh, it starts in verse four. And it starts with Moses, and most of you probably know this story about uh, the snakes that were attacking the Israelites. And let me preface it with this. This is, and I think you realize it, but this is more than just a story. This is a historic account. You know, there are some stories in the Bible that are pretty out there, pretty wild. But this is a historic account. This is not a parable, you know, something that 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 Jesus, a story that Jesus created to make an illustration. This is a historic account. And so we, there's things that we can learn from this story. So we go back to the time, this was after God delivered the Israelites from slavering Egypt through Moses' leadership. Miraculously delivered them out of Egypt they had gotten to the promised land in fact and they were too afraid to enter you remember that they were too afraid to enter so the whole nation of israel at this point was wandering in the wilderness now god gave them specific places to go and he spent for 40 years and he spent that 40 years teaching them and instructing them giving them supernatural victories over enemies in fact right before this passage uh, the Israelites had, a, had, had just an amazing victory over the Canaanites, a military victory that was absolutely attributed to God. But this was the time when they were essentially wandering in the wilderness, just being trained by God for 40 years. So with that in mind, let me go ahead and read the passage. And I'm going to read it out of the Amplified uh, Bible in this case. It, I, I think it brings it out very clearly. Uh, not the Amplified Classic, but the new Amplified, the 2015 Amplified. And it says in verse 4, Then they set out from Mount Hor by the way of the branch of the Red Sea, called the Gulf of Aqaba, to go around the land of Edom. And the people became impatient because of the challenges of the journey. Verse 5, So the people spoke against God and against Moses, Why have you brought us out of Egypt to die in the wilderness? For there's no bread, nor is there any water, and we loathe this miserable food." What was that miserable food they were talking about? Manna, the perfect food that God created them for them, and 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 He provided it for them every day except the Sabbath. But He provided that food for them every day. It was the perfect food. But okay, so I get it. So you know, even even if it's the perfect food, when you eat it every day, I guess it, I guess it can get old. And God took care of that too. But we're not going to talk about that here. We loathe this miserable food. Verse six. Then the Lord sent fiery burning serpents, snakes, among the people, and they bit the people, and many Israelites died. So the people came to Moses and said, we have sinned. Now they repent. We have sinned, for we have spoken against the Lord and against you. Pray to the Lord so that he will remove the serpents from us. So remember that prayer. Pray to the Lord so He will remove the (laughs) serpents from us. So Moses prayed for the people. Verse 8, Then the Lord said to Moses, Make a fiery serpent of bronze and set it on a pole, and everyone who is bitten will live when he looks at it. So Moses made a serpent of bronze, and he put it on the pole. And it happened that if a serpent had bitten any man, when when he looked to the bronze serpent, he lived. So now let's go back and dig into this just a little bit. So so the Israelites had to march all the way around Edom because they were not granted passage to go straight through. They were tired. They were weary. They were cranky. They were angry. I get that. It makes sense, right? And that is a normal kind of response, but they crossed a line here. They cried out against God and against Moses they began to speak uh, against them now think about this and and remember so they had not that long ago had been miraculously rescued out of slavery from Egypt god miraculously delivered them out of there by the hand of moses and 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 uh, they were god's very own people and god made that clear he never he didn't treat another nation like this Israel was special to them, and they knew it because they had all this evidence, but they lost sight of it. And this wasn't the first time, and it wasn't the last time, was it? They lost sight of this several times. Uh, And in fact, in this case, like I said, they had that amazing military victory against the Canaanites before that. But, you know, this is kind of a classic example of not being able to see the forest for the trees. You know what that means? It's like you have this amazing big forest in front of you, and it's, and it's huge. But when you're in the midst of it, it's hard to remember that because you're just looking at, you know, you've got all these trees. They're, they're, they're around you, and you're not seeing anything. And as Christians, we've got to remember that, too. We have all the promises of God. We have His holy written word. We have the ability to worship Him and draw near to Him and have Him answer answer our problems, take care of us. He is our source. But, you know, when we're in the midst of life, just dealing with everyday issues, sometimes we lose sight of that. we got to remember that. So in this case, the Israelites... Uh, had lost their faith. They refused to, tr- to, to trust God. Now, the interesting thing here, too, is if you look at, you don't have to turn there, but Deuteronomy 8.15 8, says that God had, had led them through wilderness land in the past where there were poisonous snakes, and God had preserved them that time. Now, but this time, this time the snakes were able to attack them. They were able to bite them and hurt them. But wait, so why didn't God protect them? You know, we talk about Psalm 91 here a lot, God's protection. So why didn't God protect them at this time? Even though, okay, so Psalm 91 was written way later than what we're talking about in the book of Numbers, but still, it's a principle of God. In fact, let's read, in fact, if we look at Psalm 91 verse 13, it says, You shall tread upon the lion and the cobra, the young lion and the serpent, you shall trample underfoot. But understand, there's a condition for that. Go back to Psalm 91, verses 9 and 10. It says, Because you have made the Lord, who is my refuge, even the Most High, your dwelling place. No, because of that, no evil shall befall you, nor shall any plague come near your dwelling. So they had lost their faith in God. They were complaining they were speaking against God, and so they left those promises behind. And at that point, they were on their own. And honestly, uh, honestly, that was a pretty stupid thing to say, wasn't it? So the people had been saying stupid things, showing that they weren't trusting God, not making God their refuge, right? Right? And so they walked out of God's will. They walked away from His promises. Now, the snakes attacking them, that was an eye-opener to them, right? And it led them back to repenting. And so then everything everything changed from that point. They went to Moses and asked him to pray. And then God showed Moses what to do. He said, God said to construct this, this bronze snake... And, in, and that word the translated bronze could also be translated copper. And in fact, there are copper mines around that area. So it's one or the other. But to, con- to construct this bronze snake and put it on a pole, this would make it clear to the people that the healing wasn't coming from Moses. And it certainly was not coming from anything natural, anything normal, but it was come it was supernatural because what they because they were to look at this bronze snake on the pole and they would be healed. So it was coming directly from God. And of course, of course, there was a prophetic reason, wasn't there, for putting a replica of sickness and disease up on a pole and instructing the people to look at it for healing. We'll get to that. In fact, the old testament is full of of types and shadows of things to come, and this was a foreshadowing of Jesus. On the cross that's gonna be a key thing as as we go forward here so yeah the Old Testament is full of these these types and shadows and of course the people at that point they wouldn't have gotten that they wouldn't have understood that it wouldn't made any sense they they wouldn't know that it's that this was a foreshadowing of Jesus on the cross they didn't know that was coming but now looking back on it we understand and now when we look at the, at the, the story of the snake on the pole, it helps us to understand what Jesus did for us on that cross too. So it's only at the time that it was fulfilled when Jesus was crucified on the cross for us does it make perfect sense. Now, thinking about that bronze snake on the pole, let's think for a minute what, what that bronze snake didn't do. So number one, it did not eliminate the snakes, right? The snakes were still there. Now, the Israelites had asked Moses to pray that God would take away the snakes, that God would take away the snakes, and that's in verse 7. But that's not what happened. That's not how God answered that prayer. The source of the sickness was still there. The serpents, the snakes were still there with the power to bite and to kill. God wanted to show them that even though sickness had come upon them, that He would provide healing for them. Amen. So understand this now. God's law. So there was the, there was the law. If you think of it, there's the law of, of, well, the law of sickness and death. And he was showing them that there was a law from God which would become known as the law of life in Christ Jesus, right? Or the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus. And that overrode the law of sin and death. He was showing them that right there. So it didn't eliminate the law of sin and death. It overrode the law of sin and death and i 'll probably hit this again, but the 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 power of light god 's power is always greater than the power of evil right and the power of darkness. You hear that a lot here, and it 's true. I just talked to somebody yesterday who was involved in the occult was involved in in uh, in crystals, tarot cards, all these kinds of things and and she had experienced even even Uh, The presence of, of evil spirits of demons and knew what they were like and 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 sensed their power when they were near She said that when she started coming to this church the first time She sensed the Holy Spirit and it was a stronger power than she had ever ever sensed before I Thought that was fascinating. Yeah, praise God. I thought that was fascinating you know, I've never, I, I've, I've, I've never sensed the, you know, the demon spirits. There's times when you just know that they're there, but that's incurred. I mean, that's amazing to me that it's that obvious. Somebody who hadn't experienced the power of the Holy Spirit and then experienced it and was able to compare it to those demonic spirit uh, spirits and see and experience and sense the power because the power of light. Always overrides the power of darkness. Can we say that, say that a minute? Say the power of light always Always overrides overrides the power of darkness. darkness. Now, in our own lives, we are, we we continue to be the master of our lives. God never takes our free, even as believers, God never takes our free will away from us, right? And so we can, we can deny the power of light and then the power of sin and death is going to reign. But we don't have to. We can rely on the power of light, draw from the power of light, from God's power, draw on the power of the Holy Spirit and watch that just take us over and watch that overflow us too with His power and His love in everything that we do. And you know what? In an environment like that, sickness and disease, it can't even stay in our bodies. It just can't. All right, so, so in this case, though, uh, God didn't eliminate the snakes. He didn't eliminate them. And also, what the bronze snake didn't do is it, it didn't cause healing just by being in the midst or nearby that bronze snake. No, they had to take action, didn't they? They had to take action. The people had to look to that bronze snake and when they would look to it, you see the parallel here with Jesus on the cross? When they would look to that bronze snake, then healing would come. Now, they, didn't, they, 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 didn't, um, uh, they knew that the healing didn't come from the bronze snake. They understood that the healing was coming from God. But, but out of obedience to what he said, they would look at the bronze snake, look to the bronze snake, and receive their healing. Is that right? Is that how it worked? That's exactly it. That's exactly it. Now, today, we, there's an expectation in, in receiving healing. God expects us to be very purposeful and, uh, and actively receive His healing. Now, there's a difference, though, between actively receiving something from God and working. Just like in the Old Testament here, God did... The healing, right? Moses didn't do the healing. The people didn't heal themselves. They obeyed what God said to do and healing came. They received their healing. It's the same thing in the New Testament. It's the same, it's the same thing now. We, we, we don't work for our healing. We don't earn our healing because Jesus already did the work for us. The work that we do, if you can call it work, is to believe and to receive it, and to speak it out too. Uh, John 6.29, I go back to this verse periodically, it says, Jesus answered and said to them, this is the work of God, that you believe in Him whom He sent. And that's Jesus, right? So we believe in Him, we believe in Jesus, that's what He asks us to do. It sounds like a simple thing, and really it is, but oftentimes though still, In receiving anything from God, we've got to get our minds out of the way. Because our minds want to focus on the natural. Our minds want to focus on the physical reality, the physical realm. Our minds don't want to focus on spiritual because it's not something that we can comprehend. It's not something that we can just see with our sense, with our five senses. But the spirit realm is more real than the physical realm. Isn't that right? So... Uh, so god expects us to to believe to take his word and to believe it and to receive it to speak that out you know we talked about about the the people saying you know we're going to die in the wilderness you brought us out here moses again you brought us out here to die in the wilderness <clears throat> can i just say and and challenge us a little bit and me too let's not say stupid things <laughs> <laughs> can we agree on that? Let's not say stupid things. We've had a family member before that said, "You know, I, I just, I, I, um, I, I know, you know, there's pain in my leg. I know that's going to be cancer. I just, you know, I know that's going to be cancer, and there's just nothing I can do about it." A believer—that's a stupid thing. Or, or, or something like, you know, oh, I, I feel that little twinge in, my, in, 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 uh, you know, in the back of my throat. I got a cold coming on or I got the flu coming on and it's going to be with me all winter long. That's a stupid thing. We got to quit saying stupid things. You know, there really is power. There's creative power that, uh, that's, that's attached to the words that come out of our mouths. Now, that's really not really what my sermon is about today, but, but, but it's an important thing. We got in the body of Christ, we got to quit saying stupid things. Yeah. Fair enough? Yeah. All right, all right. Now, having said that, we're not the stupid thing police. We, we need to watch ourselves and make sure that we're not saying stupid things. We don't need to correct somebody else when we think they're saying something stupid. All right? We just pray. We just pray. Lord, give them wisdom to not say stupid things. And we don't pray that out loud either. All right? <laughs> but we gotta say we gotta quit saying stupid things, folks. All right. So healing, just like salvation, is not automatic. We have to believe and actively receive it, and sometimes it's tough. You know. Uh, so Kenneth E. Hagan was the he he was the founder of the Bible school that some of us went to. Uh, Pastor Willie, Hillary, Denise, and I went to went to his Bible school. Kevin did too. Kevin uh, Dharmafal. Um, and, uh, he would, um, where was I going with that? (laughs) Oh, that's right. He was saying, you know, it's, it's oftentimes it's not doctrinally accepted by other, by, by some denominations in particular. And he dealt with that. You know, he, he had, he had sickness in his body. He was paralyzed and he had an incurable blood disease as well. And and he and he was Baptist. He, he grew up Baptist. And not there's, there's nothing wrong with the Baptist church, but his 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 pastor did not believe in supernatural healing, even though it's all through scripture. He didn't believe it. And so, and so Brother Hagin would, would go to the pastor and say, I want you to pray for me. I want to be healed of this. And his pastor would tell him, you know, I don't know. I don't know. It may be God's will to heal you, it may be, it may not be. Well, that's not helpful because we don't have any, any we can we can't base our faith on anything if we don't know the will of God if we and and so he had to go study that word out himself now it's easier i think for people to have faith in salvation because it's all completely inward and and our minds can stay out of the way a little bit easier for that i think but when we're talking about physical healing or emotional healing then that's something that's tangible, and we can sense those things with our five senses. And so looking at something spiritual to affect the natural is very difficult sometimes to get our heads heads around and our minds around. And so there, we've got to go back to the Word of God, and we have to believe it. We have to believe it. And always going back to the fact that the power of light always overrides the power of darkness when we allow it to in our lives. All right, so, so believe it and speak it out. So let me ask you a question then. Could the Israelites, we've talked about what the, what the snake did, right? It healed the people when they looked to it. It healed the people of their diseases. Uh, and, and what it didn't do, it didn't eliminate the snakes. Let me ask you this, though. Um, could the Israelites have looked to the bronze snake even if they hadn't been bitten? Uh, in order to have immunity from the snake bites, I'll be honest with you. I don't know. The Bible doesn't make it clear. It doesn't specifically say. Knowing that now, knowing the real intent behind it was to receive healing by trusting in the solution that God put in place, by obeying God's word, what to do, and and putting trust in God and receiving healing from Him it may very well have provided immunity because it's the same thing. Looking to that snake, uh, knowing that it's God's power, maybe it did provide immunity, but I don't know. The, the Word of God isn't clear. Maybe some of you have, have more insight on that. But if there's any question, though, that that snake up on the pole was a type of Jesus on the cross, Jesus himself made it very clear in John 3. John chapter 3. John chapter 3, verse 14, it says, And as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, even so must the Son of Man be lifted up. Now, the Israelites, his, his disciples, or the, the Jews, his disciples, they knew that story. They had heard that story all the time when they were growing up, right? They understood that story. They didn't understand the symbolism, of course, but they knew the story of the miraculous... Uh, bronze serpent on the, on the, on the pole and the, and the people were healed of snake bites. They knew that story. But Jesus was ta- taking that story that they knew so well and he was tying it to himself. What does it say? As, as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, even so must the Son of Man be lifted up that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. And while we're here, let's go ahead and read read verse 16 too. For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son, that whoever believes in Him should not perish, but have everlasting life. Hallelujah. So the bronze serpent, though, the bronze serpent was specifically tied to healing. Was it not? It was. It was specifically tied to healing. And so and Jesus declared that he would be lifted up as had been the bronze snake. And again the disciples were very familiar with this part of their history. They wouldn't have understood yet what that meant that Jesus was going to be lifted up because it hadn't happened yet. But he made it very clear. So he was telling his disciples, listen very carefully. Jesus was telling his disciples very clearly that healing would come through His crucifixion. Does that make sense? Amen. That healing would come through His crucifixion. It's very clear. So now fast forward to today, or, or the New Testament. God has provided many, many ways to receive healing. Healing is important to God. God wants us to be well. God wants our soul well. God wants our body well. He wants us to be well. He wants us to be effective in ministry. He wants us to obey him, not, so, not, not to draw attention to himself, although that's important, but to, to glorify his church as we glorify God himself, right? He wants us to be well. So there's several ways. There's several methods of healing. There's the laying on of hands. In Mark 16, verse 18, it says they will take up serpents. And if they drink anything deadly, yeah, they will take up serpents. They will drink anything deadly, it will by no means hurt them. They will lay hands on the sick and they will recover. Now, there are, honestly, there are some churches that have taken that, the taking up serpents literally, and they, and they bring boxes of serpents and snakes up on the, up on their platform, and they hold them and stuff like this. No, that's not what he meant. <laughs> same with the, same with if they drink anything deadly. We're not, we're not going to be tempting God. We're not going to be drinking things deadly, and we're not going to be holding up, uh, I, and I'll tell you what, I got plenty of rattlesnakes out where I live, and, and, and we could round up some, but we're not going to do that. That's not what he had in mind. <laughs> It was somebody had in mind. But what we know is that if they were to bite us, if, 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 if we had a snake that bit us, that, then, then we could be healed from that. Not because we have the bronze snake to look at, but because the, the, the antitype or the reality of what that pointed to, Jesus on the cross, He's done that for us. And now the work is completed. And so now we have healing. Uh, same with if they drink anything deadly. There's the example of Paul uh, uh, in the book of Acts. who, 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 uh, uh, who Actually, the, the, uh, Paul was bitten by a snake. But the same thing, drinking something deadly. If by accident you drink something deadly, we can depend on God's healing power. So there's laying on of hands. There's the healing anointing, which is a gift of the Holy Spirit, right? Jesus flowed in that healing anointing. And Jesus works the same today, according to Hebrews 3, or 13.8, Jesus is the same today, or yesterday, today and forever. Thank you. You can complete that Scripture for me. Only the church now, we are the body of Jesus, right? We are His hands, we are His feet. We do the work of the gospel. We do the work as He leads us, as He guides us by His Holy Spirit. His anointing comes by the power of the Holy Spirit. And as we said earlier, the power of the Holy Spirit is much greater and much more potent than any demon, than any even the devil himself. The Holy Spirit is much more powerful. And as believers, we have the Holy Spirit within us, and we draw from Him. So the healing anointing is described, really, I believe, as as two of the gifts of the Spirit, as, as described in 1 Corinthians 12. And so, specifically, gifts of healings and working of miracles. Um, and, but the key here, 1 Corinthians 12.11, it says, But one in the same Spirit works all these things, distributing to each one individually as he wills. So, there may be a healing anointing manifesting, uh, you know, in, in, in someone here. Uh, and, that, and, and that person might be able to lay hands on people, and those people will be healed. It's an awesome thing. We've seen it here many, many times. But it is as the Spirit wills. And so, and so we may not be able to depend on that being available to us when we need healing. But really to the believer, we've got the Word of God. And we need to draw on our faith. We need to build our faith on, those, on, on the Scriptures that promise healing. And receive healing by faith, by believing all faith is is believing God's Word is true and not letting anything else convince you otherwise. Amen? Yeah. So I mentioned, I mentioned Kenneth Hagin before. Brother Hagin found in his ministry that supernatural manifestations of healing usually are either in his ministry. Now, this isn't across the board, but in his ministry. He said, are usually either among sinners or among denominational people who have not heard divine healing taught he said, I had seldom seen them work for full gospel people. The believer should be healed by releasing his faith in the word of God. Then the manifestation of healing can serve as a point of contact for the believer. So there's two things then. So we, we believe God's word about healing. We receive it, and then we see the manifestation. And the manifestation, all that means is that we actually see it happen in the, in, in the physical realm. So, if we're believing God's healing for, you know, something here, then that something here is, is ultimately taken care of and it's gone. That's the manifestation. It's a big word for something very simple. All right. So, um, so let's talk a little bit more about that, the faith in God's word, the prayer of faith. So, the basis of anything that we have faith for. And again, faith just simply means what we believe. Believing that the word of God is true and not letting anybody else convince us that it's not true. When it's to that point, then it's faith. So the basis of faith has to come from the word of God, right? It has to come from the word of God. Now, as I said before, there are over a hundred scriptures about healing in the Bible. Let me share you just a, just share with you just a very few. And then, uh, and then we'll finish up here. The first one is also from the Old Testament. It's Isaiah 53, 4 and 5. Isaiah 53. And these ones are good, good to write down, or, or they're on you version if you, if you check it out later this week. Isaiah 53, 4 and 5. Uh, the New King James says, Surely he has borne our griefs. Who is he? Who's that talking about? It's talking about Jesus. Yeah, that's right. Surely He has borne our griefs and carried our sorrows, yet we esteemed Him stricken, smitten by God, and afflicted. But He was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement for our peace was upon Him, and by His stripes we are healed. I want to read that, and that's a powerful Scripture. I want to read that from a different translation. The one I read last year is the Net Bible. And it actually has nothing to do with network or internet or anything. NET is New English Translation, and it's available on U version too. Uh, I've got a paper copy of that; and it's really good. But listen, how, and it's a very recent translation using all the technology or all the all the, the the latest understanding of ancient Hebrew. Listen to this, though. It says in in the in the New English Translation, it says, "But he lifted up our illnesses; he carried our pain." Now, that's translated so much different than the New King James, which says, Surely he has borne our griefs and carried our sorrows. So if you go back and look, you know, there's some great Bible study tools. I love the Blue Letter Bible. I think it's blueletterbible.org. But you can actually go look at, uh, you know, click on words in the Bible and see what their original words, what the translation is, and what they were translated from. And it turns out he lifted up our illnesses and carried our pain is a more direct translation. It's a more precise translation than what we have in the New King James or even the Authorized King James. So he lifted up. There's that image, by the way. What was what else was lifted up? That bronze serpent was lifted up on that pole. Jesus was lifted up for our illnesses. He carried our pain. And it goes on, even though we thought he was being punished, attacked by God, and afflicted for something he had done. He was wounded because of our rebellious deeds, crushed because of our sins. He endured punishment that made us well. Because of his wounds, we have been healed. Amen? So some of that, one part of that from verse 4 was then, was then referred to or quoted in Matthew 8.17. Let me read Matthew eight sixteen and 17. And, and just for context, this was right after Jesus healed Peter's mother-in-law. And Peter's mother-in-law was healed immediately and, in fact, began serving them. When word got out about that, though, they brought a lot of people to Jesus. So it says in verse 16, that evening, many demon-possessed people were brought to Jesus. He cast out the evil spirits with a simple command, and he healed some of those who were sick. Is that what it says? He healed all. He healed all the sick. When you study out the miracles of Jesus, when you study out the ministry of Jesus, the only thing that kept Jesus from healing people was when they refused to receive it from him, when they refused to believe him. That's the only thing that kept Jesus from healing. Did Jesus turn down anyone from healing? Never, ever, ever. Would He turn down somebody from healing today? No. Never. No. He, he did that work on the cross. He went through that awful, that awful, awful experience on the cross for us. So in, in glorifying Him and praising Him, we want to receive all that He did for us. And that includes, that includes healing. All right. So... Uh, yeah. That evening, many demon-possessed people were brought to Jesus. He cast out the evil spirits with a simple command, and He healed all the sick. This fulfilled the word of the Lord through the prophet Isaiah, who said, and here it is, He took our, inf- our sicknesses and removed our diseases. That's the New Living Translation. He Himself took our infirmities and bore our sicknesses from the New King James. That's right. So that's a direct quote from Isaiah 53. Here's the other one. So we've got Isaiah 53, 4 and 5, we've got Matthew 8, 17, and we've got 1 Peter 2.24. Here it is. I'm going to read it from the New King James first. It says, who himself bore our sins in his own body on the tree? What kind of tr- what, what what tree is that referring to? The cross, yeah. Uh-huh. Yep. Uh, who himself bore our sins in his own body on the tree, that we having died to sin. To sins might live for righteousness. And here it is, by whose stripes you were healed or, or his wounds, by his wounds you're healed. Let's read that same thing from the Amplified also. It says, He personally carried our sins in His, uh, in His body on the cross, willingly offering Himself on it as on an altar of sacrifice so that we might die to sin, becoming immune from the penalty and power of sin. And live for righteousness, for by his wounds you who believe have been healed. Amen. And there you have it. That's it. So when we believe, when we have the courage to believe that God's word is true, then we have the effects of it. And we can pray that over ourselves then and receive God's healing power. And that's in Mark eleven twenty four. 24. I want to read that too. It says, for this reason, and I'm going to read it from the Amplified translation, for this reason I am telling you, whatever thing you ask for in prayer, in accordance with God's will, we do need to know that it's in accordance with God's will. And if it's in God's word, it's God's will. Uh, In accordance with God's will, believe with confident trust that you have received them, and they will be given to you. So what that's saying, that last part there, so believe with confident trust, not that you might receive it if God so desires. No, believe with confident trust that you have received them, and that includes healing, because the Word of God says that it's yours. Believe that you have received them, and then you will have them, or you'll see the manifestation, you'll see that healing take place in the physical realm, in your body, or in your mind, or will, or emotions. And that's how it happens. We don't receive healing from God by experiencing it first. We receive healing by believing His Word is true. Believing that we have it, that it's ours, to the point that nobody can convince us any other way. And when we do that, it's not a mind game, it's in our spirit. When we know that we know that we know that this belongs to us, we receive it, and then we have it. It has to happen. Now, we see in Jesus' ministry, though, too, that, 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 uh, that healing wasn't always uh, immediate. It wasn't always instantaneous. Sometimes we have to, we have to match our faith with patience. And sometimes that can be tough because our mind wants to get in it a way. It's always a battle of the mind, isn't it? Everything that we, that, that we receive from God, our mind's going to battle us. And our mind has a little bit of, of help from, uh, from demons, from, you know, from evil spirits, too. But we won't go there right now. But the fact is, uh, the fact is, when we get our minds out of the way and believe and know that we know that we know that healing is ours and the way that comes, how does faith come again? By hearing and hearing the 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 word of god that's right so we've got to get in the scriptures we've got to meditate on these things and, and as and it actually is very useful even these these three scriptures or four scriptures here if we just read those over and over uh hear ourselves reading it speak them out you know what they get inside of us the pow- the, the word of god is a powerful living thing right and so when we, when we say those words that God wrote and we believe that they belong to us, that they apply to us, then that creative power that we have in those words that we speak out are going to take place. And we sense then that confidence starts to come on us. That confidence starts to come on us. And we realize that, oh my goodness, this is real. God really did provide healing for me. Well, I'm going to walk in it. I'm going to receive it. My goodness, I'm going to receive it. I'm going to be well. And that's how it happens. But it's not a mind game. It's, it's, it's got to get into our spirits. It's got to become part of us. And when it does, then we see victory. And obviously, that's not just healing. That's in anything from God. There's also, and, and, uh, real quick here, there's also, um, if, if you need healing though and you don't you, you just are not able to get to the point where you can receive that on your own you know uh James wrote in chapter 5 an out he said and this is uh, James Chapter 5, verse 14, it says, Is anyone among you sick? And this is from the Amplified also. Is anyone among you sick? He must call for the elders, the spiritual leaders of the church. And they are to pray over him, anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer of their faith will restore the one who is sick. I added that word. Uh, will restore the one who is sick. And the Lord will raise him up. And if he's committed sins, he will be forgiven And then it goes on to say, therefore, confess your sins to one another, your false steps, your offenses, and pray for one another. That's key. Pray for one another that you may be healed and restored. The heartfelt and persistent prayer of a righteous man, a believer, can accomplish much when you put into action, when put into action and made effective by God. It is uh, dynamic and can have tremendous power. So, Anyone among you, it says, and this is in the context of a church. James was the pastor of the church at Jerusalem, and he wrote this. And and, and so it, anyone among you, so anyone in, in the church who is sick, anyone in the church body, nothing like, like only those for whom God's will is to heal. No, God's will is to heal all of us. But if your faith isn't there depend on the elders of the church, is what we're, is what we're, uh, we're instructed to do. And also note in verse 16, like I said, we should pray for one another that we may be healed and restored. Um, E.W. Kenyon is a, a great preacher and author from, from many decades ago. But it says, uh, this is really for the believer who's still living in the realm of the senses more so than spiritually. This believer cannot see that his, that his disease was laid on Christ but he can see the elders he can hear their prayers and he can feel the anointing oil upon his forehead and he can feel their hands upon his head upon uh, upon his head and there's that point of contact and that person then can receive healing all right so that's the will of God the will of God is healing all right well there's a few things that I'd love to cover that we that that uh, we're just out of time um but I want to say, though, that we, we can believe God. We can believe God's Word is true. Let's just say that, in fact. Say, I believe that God's Word is true. Amen. Amen. Do you? Hallelujah. Yep, I believe you do. Yep. Yep. Uh, And again, let me just stress one more time, this is not for us to go looking for people who are coughing and wheezing and things like that and say, you just need to have faith. That's a stupid thing. And we're not going to say stupid things, right? We're not going to say stupid things. We're going to take what we've learned today and we're going to learn from it. We're going to change our own behavior. We're going to meditate, meditate in the Word of God and we're going to receive what God has for us. Amen? Now, let me say also, though, those of you who are here, if you haven't received Jesus as your Lord and Savior, the things that we've talked about are for the believer. They are, they're for the the believer. Jesus died for our sins and our sicknesses for everyone, but as we've learned about healing, it's only as we receive it for ourselves. And, and we receive salvation. We receive God's saving power. We enter his kingdom, become part of his family by accepting Jesus as our Lord and Savior. And then all of the promises, all that Jesus did for us becomes ours. Amen? So let me invite you then. If you're here this morning and you haven't accepted Jesus as your Lord and Savior, but you want in on this you want to start experiencing the power and the love of God, then, then I want you to raise your hand right now just signifying, hey, Steve, I want you to pray for me because I want to receive Jesus as my Lord and Savior. Is there anybody? And there's some bright lights. If, if Ushers may, may need to help me if there's anybody. All right. I don't see anyone. Well, we're all saved, which means that this applies to every single one of us. Amen? Amen. Well, let's pray, Father. I thank you for, Lord, for for the people here, the people, and also that have joined us uh, on the internet, Father, Lord. And I I just ask you to seal this word in their hearts, Lord. Seal this word in their hearts, and Lord, make it never be a word of condemnation, because that's not what your word is, Lord. No, it's never condemnation for the believer, according to to Romans 8.1. But Lord, it's a a message of hope. And it's a message of action for us, Lord God. And so, Father, uh, Holy Spirit, we just ask you to draw us into your word more and more so that we can receive what you have for us. Lord Jesus, we thank you for going to the cross for us. We thank you for what you did on the cross for us. Lord Jesus, you took all of our sins away and we're righteous before you now. Lord Jesus, you took all the effects of the enemy away and, and, and you've healed our diseases. And so, Lord, we receive that today and we glorify your name, Lord God. Now, Lord, send us out, Father, the love that you've given us, Lord. Lord, let it just overflow us and Lord, overflow onto our neighbors and onto our friends and family, Father. Lord, let that love of Jesus, Lord, just exude from us and, and touch everyone around us, Father. Give us those, uh, those divine appointments this week, Father. Lord, those times when we have the opportunity to minister out the Word of God, to minister your love into people's lives because the, the people around us are hurting so much, Lord God, and we have the answer. Lord, we thank you for all that you're doing in this church. We thank you for all that you're doing in each one of us, Lord. And Father, we are always careful to give you all the praise and all the honor and all the glory in Jesus' name. And everybody said? Amen.